Ahoy there, folks. Welcome back to Vikes on the Mic, where we bring you the tales of the Uvic Vikes cross-country and track teams. Today we're bringing you the conclusion in our three-part series with Schweib Biscal. In, uh, in part one, he told us his background story before Uvic. In part two, he told us uh, all about his comeback to running and that golden season uh, with the Uvic Vikes in 2015. And in part three, he'll tell us about uh, the end of his career as a Vike uh, and his postgraduate life uh, in running and beyond. Um, and so without further ado, uh, let's, let's dive back in. Yeah, so then, then once, you, once you make it to the top, it's uh, trying to stay there. Uh, so, yeah. I, mean, I mean, yeah, there's track maybe, but... Nah, that doesn't matter. So anyway, <laughs> what is track? XC twenty sixteen. Um, you started out with that East Side ten k, pretty solid run there, and then, yeah. Do you want to, do you want to tell us, tell us sure. the tale from there? Yeah. Uh, so cross country twenty sixteen. As far as I'm concerned, started uh, the day after cross country twenty fifteen. <laughs> I had an indoor season uh, in between there. Um, ran okay. Ran eight twenty one indoors, which is like a pretty big PB for me at the Dempsey um, for 3K. Um, we, yeah, so I felt like good individually. We lost, I uh, ran uh, yeah, 14.30 in, in Portland that summer, which I felt okay with. Uh, I was a little disappointed by, I was hoping to do a little better, but it, uh, it's okay. The sooner I end outdoor season, the sooner I could start <laughs> running for, training for cross country. That's <laughs> the type of runner that I was. Um, we, we found out that we Olivier was not going to be uh, able to come back. Um, initially, that we thought we thought he'd have another year of eligibility, but because of some wonky rules the CIS had and the time that he had spent running uh, for his CJEP, uh school in in Quebec after he did high school, uh, we discovered that he was actually out of eligibility after twenty fifteen. So that was too bad. We lost him. Um, but and Ryan Cassidy, which is a pretty big blow, but we returned myself and Forrest, or both second team all Canadian that uh, in 2015, and a pretty good group of uh of runners uh outside the two of us. We had Cole Peterson, who in 2016 in the in the winter or I guess was that 20 yeah 2017 yeah so that after that. 2016 cross country season. He as uh, a CIS gold medalist in the 1500. Very talented runner. Whole uh, first tell story on someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We'll get um, him on here for yeah, sure for one sure. of these days. Um, yeah, we had Matt who was on the team and had experience coming back. Ben Weir, another talented wild card of a runner, coming back. So we felt pretty good about um, about the team that we had that year and. Uh, yeah, Cody Terrian uh, was back that year again, and our expectations, I think, were pretty high. We wanted to be able to to repeat, and um, we we thought we might be able to do it. We knew it was going to be pretty tough. Laval had a really good um, spring in 2016 um, and had a lot of runners coming in that year that were pretty strong. 
and they were also hosting so we that that championship so that we knew that they were going to be very tough to beat come november um and guelph was just the perennial power in in uh u sports or cis cross country runner and there's a, a lot of other teams that we thought were going to be strong but we felt that we were one of those strong teams and we had a chance to win again um so my season yeah like matt said i opened up and did a, a road race uh the east side 10k um in late august I, I felt pretty good about my base that summer and uh yeah i kind of wanted to get an early test and there was uh, a little bit of prize money and i figured why not uh so that was the week before uh, everyone else was going to be going down to salem and it went pretty well i ran 31 low on the roads and um 3107 matt mm-hmm. says is his notes very meticulously researched well done matt um, yeah, and felt that was a good uh, place for me to be. Um, unfortunately, um, about a week after that race, I started f- maybe a couple of days after. I felt like a little bit of a, a bit of a tweak, excuse me, in my right foot, and um, wasn't able. Yeah, wasn't able to run on it for a couple of weeks after after that. Um, I'm still not sure exactly what it was, if it was just some like tendonitis or um, something was something was agitated in my foot and I wasn't able to run on it and uh, was pretty, pretty disappointed. Um, uh, was really, I was like really looking forward to the, to the season and um, felt like I had let myself down and let the team down by getting hurt. Um, and meanwhile, the season continued, and uh, everyone else had gone down to Salem, Oregon that week, and then we went down to Bellingham again, and I missed both of those races. So essentially, that was like half the first half of the cross-country season uh, that I missed, since we don't race very often. Um, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's that's that. Uh, I was able to start training again uh, and build up some fitness, maybe two and a half or three weeks after the uh, east side race um and so my first actual cross-country race of 2016 was at uh bc cross back again where uh, it all all happened for me i guess my breakout race happened the previous year and i was pretty nervous going into that race because i uh was coming off an extended injury and wasn't really sure where my fitness was at um, how much of my base had carried over and all that kind of stuff. And as it turned out, it went really well. I ended up placing fourth, which I was super pleased with. Um, I was, yeah, I think the number one on our team. And I was like right behind some pretty good guys. Luke Boucher was pretty fit. And Ross Proudfit that year was actually training in Victoria right, yeah. and mm-hmm. ran away with it. Um, I ended up think beating Luke which was pretty cool I um, mean he was coming off of a very long extended summer where he uh, was at the Olympics uh, in Rio and so I think he probably only had like three or four weeks of training but I still felt good about beating an Olympian mm-hmm. um, and yeah so Ross Proudfit was was really fit that year and uh, he won it. and then I think Justin Kent was very fit that fall as well and Rob Deneau who had moved to Victoria um, yeah, we were kind of going back and forth, and uh, 
he used his 1500 speed to blow by me in the last K. But um, yeah, I, I was I was super happy in the company that I was with. And uh, I think I beat Declan White, which I was pretty keen on uh, from Trinity Western. We have a bit of a rivalry with them, and we're always keen to show up and run well against those guys. Um, we're pretty familiar with them and run against them quite often. So, yeah, I felt I felt good. After that BC race, um, I felt really confident, and um, I thought that I would be in a good place going into uh, CIs or U Sports, I guess, by that time it was, um, in the next two weeks. And then we got to Quebec, <laughs> and it all went wrong. Um, <laughs> Cody Terrian um, has, like, pretty severe asthma, and we got off the plane, I remember, and we did, like, a chat, you were there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this. But I remember we got off the plane and did like an easy easy run that night in Quebec oh, yeah, City. And Cody was just like coughing his lungs out, like really, really deep, like deathly sounding coughs. And I was like, oh, that's not good. And then Forrest, Forrest Simpson, our, our superstar, um, who had mono, um, that like the summer before uh the fall of 2016 and basically missed the whole summer had just been coming around and been having some good training and then the day before we left for quebec city got in a car accident uh literally got in a car accident the bit day before we left for quebec and it wasn't too bad but given Forrest's back um background and the amount of injuries that he had suffered in the past. We were freaking out once we found out at practice that Forrest got in a car accident. We thought, oh God, like at first the worst, like he's paralyzed or I don't know, badly mangled, but he was okay and was like able to walk away. But um, I think had a lot of back and neck pain and lower lower leg pain um, going into a five and a half hour flight, mm-hmm. which wasn't great. Uh, luckily we had our Cairo Simon Pearson there to help us, but so that was less than ideal. Um, yeah, and we had like a younger team. We had Chet; it was his first year uh, that year, and um, you had a great year that year. You were like running yeah. really, really well um, throughout until, the season uh, up until CIs. <laughs> yeah, but we were kind of. I think I was like a little nervous, thinking it was like it's Chet's first go at mm-hmm. CIs, and it's like a it's sometimes can be overwhelming for a first year runner um and then johnny tombs it was his like basically his first year of like full-time training and his first ever like really big race um so yeah we were just kind of uncertain i guess going into the race maybe our we had tempered our expectations a little bit and thought you know if everyone has a great day maybe we can like we could we can do this we can beat laval but we knew it was going to be pretty tough and um we were right it was mm-hmm. gonna be pretty tough the course at U sports was on the plains of abraham that year and it was a pretty hard course and i think pretty much it went about as bad as it could have um cody had an asthma attack mid-race chet i think was just like really fatigued after having a pretty long season like yeah and, i was having some issues with some stomach cramps and yeah stuff like that, but... it was just a rough go of things everybody's had that kind of race and then i think i was a little bit maybe 
too hyped before that race. I I saw myself as being in pretty good shape and thought maybe I could contend for a medal on the day and maybe even better. Um, and um, I mentioned uh, earlier, I get really nervous before races and this race in particular was going to be, uh, in my mind, my last race as a Vike because the following semester I only had two classes to finish and which would have been like less than full time and I didn't want to add another class to do an indoor season. <laughs> so I wanted, I wanted to, uh, I, yeah, I just don't like indoor track very much. I, I didn't really <laughs> feel yeah. compelled to add another one just for that sake. Um, so yeah, I, I saw this as like my last chance as a Vike and my last chance to help the team and uh, make it a good one. And I think it was the same thing. Like that week I like just slept um, not very well at all. I probably averaged like two or three hours of sleep a night. Cool. Uh, we flew in on the Wednesday and uh, it took a back city and we raced on the Saturday. And yeah, so it was just like awful sleep the whole time we were there. And just getting too excited and too nervous about how things were going to go. Um, and just, I think, used a lot of my energy in the in the build-up to the race. For sure, yeah. And just when we lined up, even I felt pretty flat. And yeah, it did not go that well. Not as well as the year previous, I think. So I ended up finishing 15th, which mm-hmm. is pretty bad for a lot of reasons. One, it was lower than I wanted to place. Um, uh, so I was just like bummed with having a bad run. Also, it's the last spot that isn't all Canadian. Mm-hmm. So I missed all <laughs> Canadian by one spot. So I was Gosh. pretty bummed. And... Yeah, I, I crossed and I, and I also was our number one. So I knew that if I was our number one and I was fifteenth, that was not going to be good enough for us to 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 get on the podium. Um, I had a pretty good idea of what was going on behind me. Um, I knew like Forrest was a little bit farther back, and I didn't really see the other guys that we were hoping would have strong runs um, close to us. So. Yeah, crossing that finish line was pretty much the exact opposite feeling of the one that I had when we crossed the line in Guelph. It went from like extreme euphoria and just excitement to bitter heartbreak and disappointment that year. Um, we went from thinking about how great we are and how we knew what like, we felt like we figured it out. And um, yeah, we just like were so proud and confident and um, happy with the way we were doing things to questioning everything and and asking what went wrong and what did I do and how could this go so bad so I took it pretty hard Um, I was I think that that night I I was pretty I was pretty bummed but I went out to the after party and Mm -hmm. uh, hung out with the boys yeah Mm -hmm. we yeah made a good showing of it um, but once we got we got back, I started to just reflect a little more, and it really started to um, get to me. I don't know. I I just uh, fell into a bit of a depressive hole, I guess. Um, just not the it was not the way things I envisioned things playing out. Um, we got back, and I was I'd I'd made Team BC again, and was supposed to run at uh, the national championships in Kingston in two weeks' time, and pretty much right away decided I wasn't going to do that. Just didn't want to 
continue on running anymore that season. Just wanted to shut it down and, uh, yeah, restart as soon as I could. Um, but as the break went on, I just I think had a really hard time letting go of the way things were and uh, didn't do a good enough of a job of looking forward and um, seeing that in the grand scheme of things, you know, you know, you have a bad race. It's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. For me, it felt like the end of the world. Um, like I'd let everyone down and after we had, had such a good time, especially I think it was knowing the feeling of winning that previous year and contrasting it with the feeling that we had in 2016 just made it almost worse mm-hmm. because I know I, I, I knew what could have been even if I think like we'd gone on the podium at, um, at least like as a team I, I would have felt okay about things but it was such a big dr- we ended up placing I think th- we tied for fifth there's we mm-hmm. yeah. um and yeah, for us, that was a pretty big disappointment as a team. So I felt like I'd let myself down, let the team down and um, had a hard time moving past it. Um, so it wasn't until late, late winter, early spring before I could really start like looking forward again. I started uh, doing some... Uh, training at a higher level than I had been after like taking an extended period of time off it's kind of like hibernation <laughs> yeah a hibernation in the winter yeah um half-assed running I'll call it that um putting in the miles and like going through the motions but not really getting a lot out of it I guess it was also um quite a cold winter that year in Victoria that year we had like right yeah, was, yeah. we had real snow yeah which yeah. does not happen very often in Victoria <laughs> so that was like a good amount of ex- that was a good excuse not to uh not to commit to as it to it as much as I, I could have um so yeah uh I started uh seeing the brighter side of life a little more in the early spring I ran the sun run with you met and Josh was there as well, and uh, I think Ian Sorrell. Um, we all went over and uh, to Vancouver, and that was my first race uh, since uh, Quebec, and it went okay. Like I, I don't know, I, it went about as well as I thought it would go, considering the fact that I didn't have a great winter of training. And then um, wasn't sure if I was going to run the TC 10K here in Victoria the next week because I was pretty sore. Uh, after doing a lot of that downhill running at yeah. the, on the Sun Run course, it could be pretty brutal. But decided basically as late as I could, it was like two or three days before the TC that I wanted to do it and like emailed the race director and they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. So I was glad that I did because it went a lot better than the Sun Run. I ran 31.0 something and. You want to wait? Yeah, oh, notes. very nice. Thank you, Chet. <laughs> Stats on point here. And. Um, yeah, I had to. I, I, it was it was really fun actually. Um, uh, there's an athlete from Calgary that came out, Matt Trivliani, uh, that had um, a pretty good race, and we were running back and forth, the two of us, trying to duke it out for first Canadian. First Canadian at the TC 10K is a really big deal. Um, one because of the glory of being first Canadian, um, and you get like a plaque for being first Canadian, and uh, they bring you up and parade you in front of everyone after the race but also 
There's a thousand bucks on the line. As Dirk was talking about last episode well, as well. Now, now the word's out, we're going to have people coming from I all know. over. So it was like low key. I think a lot of people didn't want to race the following weekend in Victoria just because like the sun run can take a toll on your legs. And so it was not the deepest field. We'll say that to put it kindly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I managed to have a good one and have like a sprint finish uh, against uh, against Matt for uh, for the thousand dollar payday, which is pretty big for me. I was pretty <laughs> hyped about it, and um, yeah, so that was that was twenty seventeen, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, end of April there. Yeah, and I was feeling really good, and uh, I started like looking forward again and making goals for what was what was going to happen next as I transitioned from uh, being a collegiate athlete to a post-collegiate and what I wanted to do with the sport. Um, So as it happens, both of my parents are from Libya. And um, I, in the back of my mind for a while, was thinking about how, you know, if, if I continue to make improvements... Um, there was a chance that maybe I could actually represent them somewhere down the line at a major championships, whether it be, uh, world championships or the Olympics. And it was something in my mind since I was like started running, basically, I thought, I always thought it would be like really cool to be able to represent, uh, my heritage and, uh, yeah, my parents' homeland. Um, I, I, I guess I always felt also that um, making the Canadian team, to put it frankly, was probably beyond my capabilities. Um, I felt that, you know, I was a decently gifted athlete, but not especially talented. And this is just the outlook I've always had on myself. And, um, yeah, it was a good, I guess, goal that I felt was achievable, um, for me and at a level that I could work towards, uh, after my university running was done and um the libyan team it was like pretty straightforward there isn't a whole lot of depth in the libyan distance running <laughs> uh due to many reasons talent isn't one of them i don't think but um yeah libya is not a, in a great state right now um having gone through revolution or two in the last couple of years but anyway um basically the marathon uh, standard of 219 set out by the IWAF, which uh, is probably the softest of the major global standards uh, in, in distance running, or really on, on the track at all, um, I felt was an, an achievable achievable goal to be able to run that under that 219 mark if I continue to progress and uh, get some consistent training. So in, in my mind, uh, that was going to be the next goal um, after that 2017 uh road racing season um i was uh, rather after the tc10k i was starting to look for half marathon races that i could do later that year later that summer and uh started upping my mileage and wanted to yeah transition towards uh longer races and work towards making that 219 standard by 2020 um and then disaster struck again uh later that summer in june i started feeling some issues in my foot um and 
at first I didn't really think very much of it, um, but it didn't go away and it sort of got worse. At the time I was also working in a restaurant and uh, I figured maybe I was just like on my feet a little too much and if I just uh, took some time off running um, and just kind of ended my season a little earlier than I thought I would, I'd be okay come July, August and be able to get back into training. Uh, long story short, it did not. Uh, so I've had uh, plantar fasciitis for more than a year now and have not been able to train consistently as a result. Um, kind of, Victoria is a pretty good place if you do get hurt uh, in the running world. Uh, this is a pretty good place to do it just because there are a lot of resources here and a lot of people that have worked with the national team in the West Hub and I went to see as many of those people as I could um, Simon Pearson and um, among them who's been super generous with his time and uh, his his Cairo skills his black magic uh, amongst other Wynn Jermakowski and uh, a bunch of other very talented Trevor uh, physios Trevor Miller uh, Brad Curry are all really top-notch people and very respected in the field um, and yeah so I went through all of that and talked to those people and still haven't really found a resolution to it, unfortunately. So I guess at this point, um, it now being more than a year of no no consistent training, um, I'm at a place where I'm starting to wonder if it's, it's game over or not. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a scary... Uh... A scary thing to come to terms with um and like well if there's any if there's any athletic therapists listening who who think who want to who want to challenge mm-hmm. feel free to mm-hmm. feel free to come help out Schwab. yeah um, please please do let a get a hold of uh, these guys but uh let me know but yeah so how i i think first of all i was jump in i think in 2016 i thought even though you say it was maybe at this point here i thought you t- took like you're like somebody i look up to on the race like as a big leader and considering how you talked earlier when um jordan was um like he kind of took you in your wing and he was like didn't really like cuss you out or anything and mm-hmm. he has i thought oh, that's like something really like that's something important to take forward and i thought like looking i was like looking up to you forest and um, I thought, like, even, like, when, like, no matter how, like, Chet was off having success, and, like, I was, like, maybe racing not as good as maybe Chet was, but Schwab still treated me the same, and he would text me after races before, and, like, I thought, that's, like, those little things like that, I personally found really appreciative. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad that you yeah. you appreciated it. Um, yeah, well, like, like, I said at the beginning of the podcast, now that we've been going for two hours, <laughs> um... <laughs> I felt like I found my people when I, yeah, I mm-hmm. when I found running, and it's it's something that I'll like never forget the, the fact that, um, running wasn't just, um, a, like, uh, athletic, venue or, sorry, we'll edit this part. <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't just an athletic athletic endeavor or just something to do after school. It was a way for me to really connect with people, and it taught me to do that right and it helped me gain confidence and I, I was so appreciative of the people that helped me on my way and, and um encouraged me and um made me feel appreciated and made me feel important and um as if I was part of a community 
And that's, I think that's like a really cool part of running is that there is really like a sense of community with, right. with in the sport. Um, there, there are rivalries, I think, in running and people definitely um, want to beat each other on the line. But at the, at the end of the race, there's always so much camaraderie with different athletes and people going up to one another kind of unprompted and saying, hey, good job, good race. Someone that's on another team or uh, someone that's trying to make the same team as you are, say if you're in a post-collegiate situa- situation, um, you know that that person's your rival, but at the same time, there's a lot of respect in the sport. And um, I think it's important to continue to foster those um, good relations uh, whenever you can and just like, make everyone that you that you come across feel as welcome as possible because like for a lot of people it's running is something that they found later on I think mm-hmm. from, from my mm-hmm. experience anyway totally. it's like after you you know you felt you play soccer or, or basketball or basketball. whatever you try this and this and this and baseball for a lot of people it's like running is something that they find later in their athletic career and some people it's not it's something that they've done for like their whole lives um, but for me um, yeah it's something that I found later and I'm so glad that I did um, and I easily could have just like not been in the sport at all and not discovered um, just how great the community is and how many great people there are involved in the sport, even beyond just uh, running. They're just like very impressive people. That's the other thing. Like it's on our team alone. I think there are like just so many impressive people. Matt, you're one of them is like extremely driven and hardworking people that achieve so much, not just in the sport, but outside of running high high levels of academics and uh uh yeah interesting career avenues and uh yeah just a lot of people that I have a lot of respect for not just athletically but as as people uh so yeah mm-hmm. and that's that's what the show is all about <laughs> meaning meaning the people beneath the runners and mm-hmm. and the the stories beneath the miles so <laughs> yeah you definitely you definitely took us for a pretty fantastic ride today yeah mm-hmm. it's um, a long run yeah. Where are we at? Yeah, nice, nice long run. What do we got? About uh, about an hour and a half or so. Good, good solid days. Sunday, good, yeah. Solid Sunday. Sunday work. Yeah, yeah. Well, I missed the Sunday running. I haven't done one in uh, in about a year now. So this <laughs> is this is like me getting out my ramblings. Yeah, we, it, we're more than happy to. I really yeah. appreciate the storytelling, especially for I've heard parts of it, and it's awesome to hear. Yeah, I'm passing on the tales to the next yeah. generation. So you can tell the legend of the legends of Schwab. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows um, love and infamy? <laughs> we skipped over the good stuff too. We'll come back uh, another time for another long run. Exactly. Yeah, we'll actually, on more details. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, yeah. This 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 guy this guy this was the tip of the iceberg today. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Schwab is probably one of the few people I know who has an article of clothing designated specifically for adventures. <laughs> uh so oh man yeah don't get me started on the adventure vest <laughs> the adventure vest folks that's that's what that's we're new, talking that's about whole, that's a whole nother show i think but, but we will <laughs> yeah. certainly we'll certainly yeah we'll certainly touch touch on that on the next uh long run with schwab mm-hmm. um but yeah thanks for being an awesome guest today well, thanks for so having me boys yeah thanks so much for thanks for letting me ramble uh, <laughs> always uh appreciated as Hopefully. you can tell i'm pretty good at it and uh like to do it so, uh, yeah. Thanks, boys. Awesome. No worries. Fantastic. All right. Uh, well, to close it off today, I, uh, <laughs> this, this, uh, <laughs> this past week I was on a hike, and this, this, uh, one, of, one of the other people on the hike had a T-shirt 
with broccoli on it, and it said, Brock on. So, <laughs> so folks, keep brocking on. Brock on. Nice. We'll see you next time. Cool. Nice.